Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. You are about to step into your destiny. You are about to step into the purpose that he has called you for in your life. The podcast that helps you find and fulfill your purpose in the kingdom. Right now, there are hurting people out there that can connect with no one else except you. Here's your host, Logan Legrand. If you've been listening to the Purpose Podcast long at all, then you know that we really care about helping people walk in their destiny and bringing hope uh, in the midst of trials. And if you've been listening, you know that uh, there's a pandemic going on with COVID-19. And we have an amazing story and testimony with our guest here today. It's our first international guest, uh, Pastor Lee <laughs> McClellan, by the way. But it's so great to have you here uh, on the podcast today. How are you feeling? Bless you. I'm I'm doing much better. That's good news. Much and better. So feeling feeling a lot better than I did uh, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And you pastor a church there in Ireland. It's the Art Church. Let's start by yeah. finding out more about your church. I want to hear about the ministry that you're doing there. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, the Art Church is actually a relatively uh, new birth church. We are only going about three years. And it really came out, uh, one, one of the things that I had been the, the leader and founder of over here was a ministry called Teen Challenge. Oh, I don't know if you, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I was the founder of Teen Challenge in Northern Ireland. Wow. And uh, so, 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 <clears throat> so sort of really from the back of that, I have been with that for 13 years. And from the back of that, really, I felt that we, in our particular city, we really needed something that really reached out to the broken, the, the, the real hurting in society. Uh, and so really the art church was birthed out of that and out of that heart. And me and my wife, we, we sort of committed to starting that. And that was three years ago. And we started with eight of us. And really just the last three years, it has just steadily grown. Uh, there's been many that have got saved and come to know Christ. And we have just been a church that really is, is, is trying to have a heart to reach out and affect those that are around us at our church. So it's just been an, an encouraging time the last three years of, of doing that, you know? Yeah, I love Teen Challenge. Uh, our ministry, we have a traveling ministry, so we actually go to Teen Challenge pretty often and just worship with them and, and minister. So I, I really love their mission and their vision and what they do. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great ministry. And probably over the, over the last 13 years, we just seen God really rescue uh, dynamically many, many drug addicts and alcoholics, and even those in, in gambling and prostitution. So it's, you know, it's an incredible ministry. It's dear to my heart. But as I say, I actually only left Teen Challenge this year uh, to concentrate on, on my church and, and, and really put my, my time into there. So uh, it's been a great, great time in the ministry, but looking forward uh, to now what the church side of things might be. Yeah. So the video has like, I think I've, there's multiple videos going around. I know some people have recreated them and it's, uh, it's really just been a God thing to see. It's like one of the videos I looked at has 26 million views. I don't know if, I don't know if you saw that, but that's, it's awesome that God's getting the glory off of your story. Um, it is, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, when, when I, initially was doing that video or, or, or decided to do a few videos. 
I, I don't really do very much online content. I'm on Facebook, our church is online. I think we had, uh, as of a, few, a couple of weeks back, maybe maybe 150 followers. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think I had that many friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole purpose of me really beginning to do that mini series, as it were, was really a friend suggested. Because I was in isolation, I couldn't see my family, I couldn't see friends, I couldn't see anybody from church. Uh, one of my friends just says, listen, why, why don't you throw something online? Let people know how you're doing. So the intent of it was really to reach out to those in, in my family and in my church and those that were connected with me in some way via social media. And uh, <clears throat> that was the heart behind it. It was just to encourage people. Mm-hmm. What has become of it is, has been a phenomenon. It, it, it is yeah. God has just uh, touched it. And, and, and as you say, I think I seen one uh, today, somebody had sent me through, and I think it went up to 28 million. Uh, yeah. you, know, you know, only God, because <laughs> we can't cause an anxious thought, an anxious thought. Mm-hmm. So only God could have taken this. And I think what I'm encouraged at is that uh, a simple act of God's grace and mercy has been able to uh, touch people around the globe. That has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So you're a, you said you're a church plant, you're three years in. So I've planted many ministries, haven't planted a church yet, but I know there is a, a long process. It takes lots of steps. And a lot of times as a pastor, you're putting in a lot of the work. Um, so, so talk about how surprised you were when you get on there, you shared this short story and then the next day how, how soon was it that everything started kind of blowing up was it the next day or the next few days i i put on i put on two uh i put on one from the hospital mm-hmm. and and i i i think it went to something like fifty thousand views wow. in, in 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 about in about a day mm-hmm. uh which was which was astronomical. That that was absolutely crazy. I th- I thought that was crazy, you know. And then and then it it, it sort of it kept getting up. And then I done just an an, an update uh, to let people know that I was coming through the other side, that it was doing a wee bit better, etc. But it was one of the nights particularly, and I think that's why God has has taken it. Although the other ones have seen a, a lot of views, the the one about the cleaner particularly. Uh, really, God spoke more to my heart about that. I was I was just in bed. I was recovering. It was it was it was nighttime, and I just felt the Lord begin to impress on my heart that he that he really wanted me to share that 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 what happened in that hospital room. And so the next day, I think it was the afternoon. I just got up and and I and I shared. You, you've you've probably seen it. I just shared my heart, uh, shared my experience. And thought to myself, you know, let's put it out there again. Well, you know, what it has become has just been phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I just never in my wildest dreams, you know, expected what has come out of it. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and, and being, you know, I look at myself, you know, very much. I, I'm a pastor from Belfast. It's a small congregation. Uh, you know, we, we're not known that you know that well in, in in the context of things 
uh, you know, we, we, we are just serving God, pouring our heart out, preaching Christ, uh, preaching there's freedom, there's hope, there's power, and, and all that has come with that. And for our church and for myself now to be what appears to be on some sort of global platform, nationwide platform, uh, there's been, uh, I don't know what you call them, we call them newspapers. Yeah. Uh, over here, they they have printed my face, my photograph, and sent it nationwide. Mm -hmm. So so you know, and it's just been incredible for me, who's who who's just a heart to serve God, reach people, and uh, you know, my heart still is. Although <clears throat> all that has happened the last few days, my heart is is just getting back to my church, climbing into my pulpit. And just beginning to preach again, uh, you know that's I love that. Just connecting with people. I love the streets. I love to be on the streets. I'm a, I'm a pastor that loves evangelism. I love to be on the streets, connecting with people, sharing hope, sharing Christ, and uh, I'm really just looking forward to getting back to all of that. Yeah, yeah. I I love evangelism too. That's my heart, and and that's what I walk in. And just kind of hearing yeah. a little bit about you know planting the church and that kind of stuff. And then it just blowing up. I just wanted to say something for you as an encouragement and also for those that are listening, because yeah. I know there's a lot of people that are probably listening to the podcast and they're in the same place. They're kind of in the transition stage stage where they've yeah. started out and they're still growing. When you are serving God with all your heart, when you're cleaning the toilets, you know, when you're vacuuming the floors, that is the perfume on Jesus's feet. He sees that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's so cool to see that in a moment, you know, Romans 8, 28 says that all things yeah. work together for the good for those who love Christ. Um, right. And so even yeah. though you had COVID-19 and although the enemy attacked with that, God still turned it around for his glory. Yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. And, that, and that's what is, that, that you know, that's what's phenomenal, you know, in all of this, because uh, no one in my family has had it. Mm -hmm. uh, no one in my church has had it. No one I know has it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I seem to be the only one that has caught this at the minute over here in, 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 uh, in my church and, and those that are close to me. And God has really, and I never expected anything like that to come out of this. You know, uh, as far as I was concerned, you know, I got sick and <clears throat> I ended up in hospital. I was fighting for my life and I came out the other side. You know, that, that, that was it. And praise God for me, that was enough. Praise God. I'm still alive. I'm still with my family. And, and then, as I say, all, all of this has come about. And glory be to God. If people are touched, the messages that have got even that of, of people that have got saved has been phenomenal. Yeah. And people that have messages to say that they've come back to the Lord, have repented. Uh, you know, that, that just thrills my heart. Amen. You know, it thrills my heart. So praise God. Yeah. What led up to that before you were in the hospital? Were you sick for a couple of days or did you go straight in? I took sick. I, I just came into my wife on a Friday. It was a Friday evening. And I just said to my wife, Joanne, I just don't feel well. It just felt like a cold, you know, I had a bit of a temperature. And I just says, I don't feel well. I'm going to go to bed early. And took some paracetamol. And uh, I just, I just, you know, suffered through the night. But but I was probably sick about six days 
and I was really, really under pressure. Uh, I couldn't get the, the temperature under control. My body was, was in agony, uh, and I was beginning now to develop a real cough and struggling to breathe. So at that point, we sort of felt we need to phone the ambulance, and the ambulance, uh, they, they arrived, and when they seen the, the sort of the, the, the stats, the oxygen, the blood pressure, uh, the breathing, the cough, the temperature, they just, they just said, we, we have to get you to hospital. And, and really, that's what led up. So it was sort of uh, as quick as that. It went very, very quickly. And then when they finally got me into the emergency department, the, uh, they just started working straight away, you know. It was, it was in steroid injections, uh, and, uh, uh, drips going up, uh, you know, anything they could do to try and just help the body, you know, from being under such pressure, uh, chest x-rays to see what, what might be happening in the lungs. And then they pretty much came to me straight away and says, listen, we've looked at your x-ray and we can see your lungs are under serious pressure. And we, we suspect that this is COVID-19. And then immediately after that, they done the test. Uh, but the test took about 24 hours to come back. So, uh, so at that point then, they, they, with the suspected COVID-19, uh, they then sent me to the COVID ward, which then meant isolation and critical care. Yeah. Well, what is it like there in the ward? I know that... Uh... It's, it was probably scary. What, what, how were you feeling during that time? Yeah, I, I think it was in so much pain initially it, that I was just, oh, it's terrible to say this, I was glad to be in hospital yeah. <laughs> because, because no one wants to be in hospital, but when you're in the pain that I was in and I couldn't breathe and, and, and it was, I was just in agony and my lungs were so sore, I, I was glad to be there. If it sounds strange, but I was glad. I felt as if I'm in the best place I can possibly be now. And uh, then they, they sort of took me in and they isolated me, masked me up and, and stuff. And it was there that, that I realized when I when I sort of lay down, uh, I, I sort of went, right, this is it. Because they says, once we close the door, that's it. You're, you're, you're not allowed out. You're not allowed to open it. You're not allowed to come out and see anybody. You're not allowed to come out and, and shout for anybody. If you need somebody, you hit the buzzer. Uh, <clears throat> so there was a sense at that point, oh, this is, this is, this is real. This is, you know, this is serious. And you had a bed, a bathroom, and a TV, and, uh, and a wash hand sink. And, and that was your room. And so that was going to be my home for the next nine days. You know, so it, it, it was tense and, and it was it was daunting because at that point you realized as well, you know, that no one was allowed to see you. Your wife wasn't allowed to come up and spend time with you. Your kids weren't allowed up. Uh, no one from the church, there was no pastor, no evangelist, uh, no minister allowed in to see you. At that point, you knew this, this is serious. So no one could see you. So you're there for days um, without any visits, no social connection. And, you know, we're built to be social people. And as a pastor, I'm sure you yeah. love to be around people. So yeah, I'm absolutely. very lonely. How did you cope with the loneliness during that time? Well, well, again, I think, I think one of the things that you were so consumed with was the pain. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, it, it was really, it was really as if you began the work in hours because I knew that, that once they got some sort of pain relief up, and although I was still in, in unbelievable pain with COVID-19, uh, it, it took an edge off it. You know, you just felt, all right, there's a wee bit of relief. And it was as if you knew that, that in three to four hours' time, that's going to wear off. So you began to find yourself, you know, longing for every four hours that the pain relief's going to, you know, come, come to you. Yeah. Uh, and then they were hitting you with the antibiotics and they were doing tests and they were still x-raying the chest to see if there was any improvement. And, uh, you, you know, you're sort of, you're, you're dealing with it all in your mind. And the only saving grace was that I had my phone in my charger. I just, you know, I made sure when I was, was coming out of the house, I said to my wife, just get my phone in charger so we can stay in touch with you. And so just having that connection, particularly with my wife, uh, you know, helped. It was able, we were able to sort of uh, initially, uh, whether we text or, or WhatsApp each other, mm -hmm. uh, it, it made a big difference. But essentially, you know, and even when the nurses came in, uh, you know, they, they couldn't talk much because they were, they were masked up, they had shields up, uh, you know, and very much the ward was so busy. They came in and they were pleasant and at times they chatted to you a wee bit, uh, but they were so busy. And it was really a matter of come in, do a job, get your medication, get your antibiotics, uh, your oxygen, whatever, whatever was needed. Uh, whatever checks, whatever blood tests needed done, and then they left. So, so your interaction with other people was very limited. So the nurses, I mean, it's kind of weird because they're always in masks. You, you don't really seeing a person. It's just somebody coming in and taking care of you. But there was one person that really made the difference. He didn't just do his job. He did more. Yeah. The, the, uh, you know, when I look back and think about it, the, the amazing thing was that there's, there, there was cleaners in every day cleaning mm -hmm. and it was usually a different cleaner. And so the day that this particular cleaner had come in, uh, you know, we just said hello to each other and we, then we just sort of began to sort of chat. He, he, he recognized I couldn't talk very long, but we had a, a sort of simple conversation I, don't, I can't remember what led to it, but, but I asked him. I, I just got a sense that he was a believer. Uh, and I just sort of, I, I asked him, I says, are, are you a Christian? Do you, do you believe in Jesus? And he turned around and he says to me, actually, I do. And I said, oh, that's, that's marvelous. And, you know, praise God in this day and age, we sort of had a brief conversation. And then it, it sort of led into organically that you know he began to tell me that he was a missionary for many years he told me about his missionary trip in Nigeria that's where he had served and particularly there and in Africa excuse me and then he began to tell me of, of souls that I could save in his ministry and his life and oh I was just thrilled and it, it really just warmed my heart and it really thrilled my soul and and I just says to him, I just want to say thank you. You've encouraged me. I says, I don't know if you, you understand how much you've blessed me. And just listening to your story. And uh, and then we, we chatted some more. And then he just he just turned around and he just asked me, he says, listen, he says, Pastor, do you mind if I pray for you? And he just stood at the door. And, you know, it's, it's one of those moments and pictures that I'll probably never forget. He just stood at the door with his brush 
you know, in his hands. And, and, and he just prayed. And he just asked the Lord Jesus Christ to touch my life, to touch my body, to, to, to bring me through. And it was a simple prayer. And it was just, uh, it was just so warming. But what it done for me that day was, was really encourage me. Because I, I, I think I had maybe said to you before, I really asked the Lord the night before this happened to give me, give me some hope, give me an encouragement. Because the, the, the thing was, when I got to the hospital, I thought that I was going to start getting better. The reality was I actually got worse. So with all the medications, with all that was happening, with the, the oxygen that was now 24 hours a day, you know, on the face, uh, the antibiotics, I was actually getting worse. I wasn't getting better. So, so there was a point that it was coming to that, that I really now had to consider, I, I might not make this. And so there was, there was a whole different dynamic that I had to begin to wrestle through in my own heart and in my own mind. Yeah. And so that was already encouraging enough. You pray, he prayed that prayer over you and things started to turn around, right? Yeah. So, so I knew that there was probably at this point, there was possibly thousands that had been praying churches and, and stuff like that. I know my family, my wife was, was fasting and praying in the house and my own wife, my, my children were praying. So I believe that I just believe at this one moment in time, that, that everything came together, uh, you know, in a defined plan of God, that he just brought it together because that was the day that I began to turn around. And, and I just felt that day that, that something began to, 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 to be different in my body. I felt it. I, I literally felt change. And as I began to feel that change, it was that evening that, that I began for the first time in over two weeks to desire food. And it was that night that I just longed. It's a bit like King David when he longed for a drink of water in the scriptures. I longed, I just longed, it just came in my, oh, I would love a packet of Tato prawn cocktail crisps. I think you call them chips. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I just, and, and a tin of Coke. I just long. I, I I just longed for that, and and I think I sort of I I felt as if I had sort of cried out that it, it wasn't audible, it, but I felt as if from in here I cried out. You know, oh, I would desire that, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's all it was. You know, there was that that sense to it, and the next day I, there was a window in the the, the the isolation room, and I just seen a face. You know, sort of in the window with two with two thumbs up and a bag in his hand. And uh, I just went, right. And he opened the door. He pushed it through uh, the bottom of the door. I sort of wrestled over to get this bag. I was still really, really weak. And, and I just looked inside it. And there was a tin of Coke, a packet of prawn cocktail crisps, and two oranges. I lifted out the crisps and I waved them at him through the window. Mm-hmm. And, and I gave him a thumbs up and I says, they are my favorite crisps. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave, me, he gave me the thumbs up again through the window and, uh, and, then, he, and then he left. And I have not seen him again since. And wow. uh, for me, I, I just, 
there was a moment in that, there was in that very moment that I just says, thank you, Lord, for hearing my cry. As, as simple yeah. as it was. And, and, and what you got to bear in mind as well, it's now was the first time I sat up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I managed to sort of get myself up. I opened the crisps and they were the best bag of crisps I have ever had. <laughs> uh, it was wow. marvelous. Yeah, and I'm sure you were probably just wrecked at that moment too, and just amazed at at God really answering. Yeah. I honestly felt I honestly felt at that moment as if I heard the Lord whisper into my ear, I hear you, I love you, and I'm with you. There was just something, there was just something in that moment of time that that that, that, that simple act in the divine plan of God, in the mercy of grace of God, that, that, that you know, and I, I haven't seen the cleaner since. So I don't know what he felt. I don't know if he sent something. I don't know. Did he hear get crisps or Coke? Did he, did he pick them just of his, I, I don't know the story of that. And, uh, but for me, it was, it was as if the Lord was saying, I, I hear your cry. You know, I'm I'm listening, and as simple as it was, and and, and listen, I just come and, and listen. We've been in ministry; we understand things, but sometimes when God does something so simple, it has a profound effect. Yeah, and that and that's what I came away with, and that's what encouraged me that day, and and uh, and knowing that Jesus Christ hears the cries of His people. Yes, He does. Wow. Yeah. And I also think about like Hebrews 13 two. do not neglect to show hospitality because you never know when you're going to be entertaining angels. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just think for him, uh, for you, this is a really powerful thing, but for him, he's also inspiring people um, that when they're in yeah. the marketplace, even when they're at work, I know at work sometimes it's difficult for people. I know it is in the U S at least. Uh, yeah. you, you have to be careful. You know, you can't just pray for everybody, but you that's can, right. you can show the love of Christ. Yeah, no, that, that, that's right. <clears throat> and I think too, what, one of the things that I, I, I was trying to convey, cause I often say this to people in our church and, and in my church. And it, it's one of the things, you know, sometimes people look up, uh, that the, the only people God uses is, is pastors and evangelists mm-hmm. Uh, and, and people, you know, with prestige in the church or, or some sort of title or, or honor. And what I was trying to convey, and I often say this, is, is no, no, God wants to use your life. And yeah. God wants to use your life no matter whether you're in the workplace, you're in school, you're, you're, you're in college, uh, you know, whether it's a simple act on the street, whether it's a simple act in your family. You, God is always looking for people to use. And in this case, in this case, in you know, it, it was a cleaner. It, it was a man who had been a missionary for many years, knew knew what it was to be on the mission field, to, to see God move on the mission field. And, and now he finds himself, you know, for uh, whatever reasons, he's, he's, he's back home and he's a job and he's just cleaning rooms. He's being faithful. And yet God says, Do you know what? I'm going to use your life. And I just think that is absolutely incredible. And I just hope that that also encourages people to, to realize that no matter where they find themselves in society, that God can use your life in a profound way. Yeah, so true. It's just our obedience, right, to say yes, even That's when it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, it's just an it's an encouraging thought, you know. And and listen, praise God for him. I hope to meet him again one day. Uh, we we are still in lockdown here in, in our country, over here in Ireland. Uh, we're on we're on lockdown, so we can't really go out of our houses at the minute. The, the virus is still claiming a lot of lives, so we're just having to be wise. But I am hoping one day that we will be able to meet together and just share with one another a cup of coffee and, and just embrace each other in a hug and for me to get an opportunity just to say thank you uh, in person. Yeah. Maybe rather than a coffee, you could sit down and have a, a Coke and some crisp. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so praise God. So I, w- I want our listeners to be able to, to hear your story as it progresses because I don't believe it's over. I think that there's still going to be lots of amazing testimonies come out yeah. of your testimony. What is the best way for people to connect with you and the church? I, I would just say and I go on to uh, the, the Facebook and just put in the Ark Church in Belfast. Uh, that is the best way of contact. Uh, they can gladly look me up uh, as Lee McClelland on Facebook and, uh, you know, and, and friend me. And as I say, that is probably the best way of keeping up to date. We are trying, excuse me, we are trying our very best uh, to keep people communicated because there's so many people messaging us and sending emails. Uh, we, we can't answer everybody but we are doing our best to answer uh, some people. Uh, but listen, that is the best way to keep in, in, in touch with us and in contact. Yeah, and you, you guys are really handling it in excellence. I was on the page just doing some research last night, and there are, like you said, a lot of comments, yeah. a lot of posts. And I think you said you started out with like 150, 200 likes. You're almost at yeah. 6,000 now. Um, so <laughs> that that's more than tripling in in a couple of days. So, yeah, I I it, listen. It it is phenomenal. It, it's it's phenomenal, and you know I'm just trying to keep my feet on the ground with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I'm just saying, Lord, listen, keep me humble. You know, keep me keep me, my eyes on Christ. Uh, you know, I thank God for this platform at the minute. I'm, 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 I'm wanting to use it for the glory of his, of, of his name. And uh, my heart is that the people will come to know Jesus Christ because that really is all that ever matters after this is all done and dusted. And uh, that's my heart and that's what I want to see. So, uh, so praise be to God for all that's happening at, at this moment in time. Amen. Yeah, and make sure you get the rest you need too. I know it's very overwhelming, so you need to still be resting. Yes, I'm only I'm only uh, taking a few, and that's and that's one of the reasons why we're not answering, or I'm not answering everybody personally. Uh, and, and I'm spending time with my wife and my family, and just enjoying them as well. So, uh, but I don't mind taking some time out to do this. Uh, I still want to be able to try and serve God in some capacity. So this gives me the opportunity, and then. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm able to go back and just enjoy my family. Yeah. Amen. Well, we really appreciate you taking time to to be here on the podcast with us. And just, no just as since you've had the personal experience as a closing question, I just want you to speak to those that are struggling with fear about the virus. Cause we're, uh, you know, struggling with yeah. things here in the U S as well. And I, I would just appreciate if yeah. you would just speak to that. 
One of the things that I, yeah, absolutely. One of the things I've learned really is this, and, and probably what has captivated me more than, than anything coming out the other end and really beginning to, to, to look at this is, is Romans 8, 35 onwards. And when, when the Apostle Paul asked the question, who shall separate us from the love of God? And then he goes into a list, you know, of pearl or sword or life nor death nor angels nor principalities or powers. And then he comes to this great conclusion where he says, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. If you can allow the love of God to begin to resonate in your heart, fear begins to sort of subside. When you begin to realize that you're loved by someone who, who deeply desires a relationship with you, deeply desires to meet with you, loves you more than you could ever imagine. And that, that love is not just a love of knowledge, but is a love that can be experienced. Fear begins to subside. And I personally, I would never change the word of God, but 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 in a personal note now, you know, when we ask that question, what shall separate us from the love of God? And with that list, well, for me personally now, COVID-19's on that. Because COVID-19 cannot separate me from the love of Christ. <laughs> You know, COVID-19 and all of its devastation and all of its pain and all of the hurt that it has caused across the world and families, do you know what? It will never separate us from the love of God. And I just probably would encourage people, grasp that. Ask God to reveal that to you if you, if you have never experienced that. You know, I think it was D.L. Moody the one time said he so longed for an experience of the love of God when he was walking down the streets of New York, I believe it was New York, that God visited him. And, and D.L. Moody actually says, Dear Lord, please stay your hand because you may kill me. He was experiencing an overwhelming uh, an experience of the love of God. And I believe this week I have begun to experience something similar. And you know what? It has just warmed my heart. So I hope that encourages your people. Uh, don't lose it. Read Romans chapter 8 right through and let God minister to your heart. Amen. Well, thank you again, Pastor Lee, for, for coming and being with us. Amen. Thank you also for, for listening here on the podcast. For more information about Pastor Lee, all of that's going to be in the podcast notes, so feel free to click those links. But again, we were so honored to have him here, and his story is so impactful. And so we just praise God for what he's doing in the life of Pastor Lee and our church. Hey, again, thank you for listening. And never forget, you have greatness and potential on the inside of you. All you have to do is live it out. Thank you for joining the Purpose Podcast. For more information on Marked for Life Ministries and Logan LeGrand, visit IamMarkedForLife.com. Join Logan LeGrand on the Purpose Podcast each week, available on iTunes and Google Play.